Doug, you know how I'm always uh, saying that I'm going to live forever, right? That, that's my, yep. one of my live goals. Live to be for eternity, yeah. Yeah, and because my my logic recently has been that if you can make it to, uh, you know, 80 or 90, by that point, surely they will have they will have the technology that will get us to, to 200 or 300. And then if you can get there, then, I mean, within just a few years after you're, you know, you're 100 or 150, they're going to have us getting to be 1,000. And then, then, then you don't have to worry about death anymore. <laughs> so... With that in mind, I mean, do you think it's fair for me to say that that the that the supplement that I invented helps you live for eternity? <laughs> Is that, would the FDA you think approve that statement? I mean, I, we probably shouldn't make that claim. <laughs> Maybe we won't make that claim. But the point is, you got to get far enough to uh, you want to be healthy for the long term, so that you have that chance, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so that is that's one of the reasons why. I invented and co-founded a company that makes uh, this this product called Complement. So, a plant-based diet is a wonderful. No, no, at least you won't find any uh, arguments against that from me. Uh, however, I think if we are smart and honest and looking at the evidence, then there are things that are missing from that diet uh, on its own that don't you know make it as good as it could be for living as long as you can and staying healthy. Uh, the ones that most people know about are B12, vitamin D, and DHA and EPA. Uh, which, by the way, are two omega-3 fatty acids. And besides that, there are a few little minerals and things like that. Uh, iodine, zinc, selenium, vitamin K2, uh, those come to mind. As things that vegans probably should be supplementing with, I don't want to say that all should, but people like me who think about this stuff a lot um, often do the research and land on, you know, come to the conclusion that we should be supplementing with those things. So that is um, what, you know, where Complement Plus came from. Uh, it's a, an, a vegan capsule that includes all of those things and doesn't include anything else because, Doug, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of taking multivitamins. We get all this good stuff from our food. Uh, so why would we want to be getting, you know, more vitamin C in our diet than nature really intended for us? So it's those things without all the stuff that you don't need, uh, all in one pill, convenient. And what's great about it is that you can get all that protection for just around a dollar a day. You can get all the details and decide if Compliment Plus is right for you at nomadathlete.com slash smarter. That's nomadathlete.com slash smarter. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. All right, Doug. People are dying to know, and I'm dying to know, and this is a this is a genuine ask that we without a net here we don't know what's going to happen i have no idea how your marathon went uh i know you did one this weekend it was a mountain race and i know you're still alive that is that is all that i know about it i don't know i haven't seen you you could have crutches i know <laughs> no you know actually i am uh i'm moving around just fine i feel yeah? really good yeah no poison ivy in the crotch no poison ivy in the crotch that i know of yet okay um that's, by the way, a reference to what happened a long time ago. For any new listeners, yeah, that's not just you can like find a that episode. Thing. It's one of the ones I think that uh, explicit got the, got the explicit tag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the that and Russell team. Simmons got our only explicit episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I had a marathon, my first race in my first race over the length of like a ten k since May of last year, which uh, is a really long time for me. Yeah. Um, and it was great. My my main goal was to uh, get through it in a in like it feeling pretty good. So not have any big bonks, not have any major setbacks, but like stay positive and and get through it feeling pretty strong. And um, I'd say for the most part, I did that. The course was like way harder than I anticipated, and it was <laughs> really cold. And um, there were a bunch of 
creek crossings and so like i guess a couple days earlier the whole creek had been frozen over but it, it had thawed now so you're like knee deep and um and just Ooh. ice cold water so right you know there were there were a couple like uh, i don't know hard parts that um wasn't quite prepared for but had a good time i uh, got through it and uh you know definitely learned uh, how weak i am yeah <laughs> how, how much how much of an uphill battle it's gonna be for to reach my goal of <laughs> Of being in the best shape I've I've ever been. Right. Hey, well, at least at least you learned it. Yeah. Right. No, it was so good. It was like it was like a good wake up call. You know, sometimes yeah. you just need like a. That's right. Something to to. That's right. Jolt you full of energy good. and. Uh, I don't were there, know. So it was. I'm guessing it was mountainous sort of race. Where there uh, was it like snow caps and stuff. Like were you running through snow? No, no snow. It, it was um, it was like down. It was mountainous, uh, but. It was like lower elevation mountains, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So not as high as we are up here. So, um, okay. but uh, but it was definitely mountain. I mean, it was like constantly up and down. There was I don't know something close to seven thousand feet of elevation gain over the course of a marathon, which is which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not not crazy, but uh, but pretty good. And yeah, I don't know. I you know what I realized was I can I consider myself a pretty good climber because I spend a lot of time hiking and running up mountains. Um, but what I realized was how out of shape I am because every time I got to a hill, all these people would just start flying past me, and I just couldn't keep up. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm glad. I mean, <laughs> so I'm going to be doing a lot of hill repeats over the next few months if you want right. to join. Definitely. <laughs> I'll call you up next time <laughs> okay. I go up. All right. Uh, yeah, speaking of snow, it, we, we have whiteout conditions here. We got, a, we got a surprise snow day, and my children are home from school, which might... Uh, might add a little noise, a little color to the episode in a few minutes, just so, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no anyway. Yeah. I so let's see. Snow days. snow days are fun. Snow days are very much fun. I love them. So uh, we have a we have a rewind episode today, but mm-hmm. oh, and by the way, just so people stick around, I've got a uh, I've got a I don't know what to call it. It's not a downward facing Doug. I think you know we've had this problem before. It's a it was going to be a downward facing Matt, where <laughs> I where I am angry at a company. Because that's all downward facing segments are now is us us you know airing our dirty laundry about companies. Um, <laughs> it was going to be that, and then it turned, and then I wasn't going to do it at all, and then it turned good. Uh, they they reached out and they they have made things right. So I'm going to tell that little bit at the end, totally unrelated to the entire topic. So we'll do that at the end um, after we play this episode. But uh, I guess let's just set up what what we're doing here. This is a replay rewind, as we like to call them. Uh, of an interview that I did with uh, a guy who I now know really, really well, but back then I didn't. This was last March, I believe we published it, a year, almost a year ago. And uh, his name is Matt Tolman. And uh, at that point, he was someone I had just met a few months ago, and he and I had been talking a lot. We realized this common interest uh, around vegan nutrients and, and, you know, the question of should vegans take supplements and which ones should they take, if so. Uh, So we had had a lot of conversations around that. And that's what we decided to record as part of this podcast conversation. But it ended up that that was the very beginnings of what led to uh, what people probably listening to this now know, many of them are familiar with it, of course, uh, is Complement, which is uh, the product made by the company that Matt and I co-founded. Only, I don't know, two months after this episode, we uh, we actually got the, got the thing out. We got Complement out, which was our version of a supplement. We call it Complement because we tried really hard to not have any 
extra stuff in there. And if you're a if you're a math person at all, you kind of know that a complement uh, is something less than a supplement. It it completes something like an angle, right? It gets gets it to ninety degrees, but not not over the top to one hundred eighty degrees. So kind of kind of nerdy there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I never really uh, I never really. Oh, got you didn't that. know that? No. And you didn't know what Veganuary was either. No, I, man, yeah. I'm I'm like more hip than you all of a sudden. I guess because so. it's definitely a measure of hipness if you know compliments. What compliments? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, that that's the the inspiration for the name. That it's that it's not an over the top. Let's just put everything else in here so that we can cover all the bases. Because uh, you can do that with a with a multivitamin or many other you know mega dose supplements out there. But we said, what is the bare minimum that people who eat Good, healthy, varied plant-based diets should be getting if they don't want to get a bunch of extra stuff, and that's uh, that's where the inspiration for Complement came from. And uh, I think it's cool that this conversation was one of the early, just early discussions that we had around it, uh, where we basically said, okay, let's look at the I don't know how many were in this conversation particularly, but we said let's look at the eight or nine or whatever it was nutrients that are kind of you know, in the arena worth discussing that you'll hear different people recommending uh, as potential deficiencies or to correct or prevent potential deficiencies in plant-based diets. So we talked a lot about each one of those. And then from there, the conversation evolved. And we we eventually kind of whittled it down to just the big three that, you know, you can almost universally recommend to everyone who eats plant-based diet. Uh, of course, it's a, it's a personal decision. And there are some people who, you know, may not even need all three of these because if you have certain genes, you know, your body can convert ALA omega-3s into DHA and EPA and you know, things like that. But that's that's where compliment came from, and that's uh, what this conversation was the beginning of. So I think it's really cool, and uh, it, the company that makes compliment, it turned out, has has actually taken off. Like it's it's not uh, this isn't some some embarrassing episode we need to bury uh, <laughs> because it ended up not the company you know ended up going belly up or something. But it turned out to be really good. We've brought on uh, some really great partners to work with, like Dr. Joel Kahn, Ocean Robbins, and John Robbins over at the Food Revolution Network, and. Uh, you know, we're gradually Pamela gradually, Ferguson, who uh, who's a big Pamela Ferguson. Yep, was our uh, uh, friend our of scientist. the of the podcast. Exactly, and uh, yeah, so we've done a lot of cool stuff, and uh, have have much more planned for this year, including maybe some new products. We're thinking a little bit more about uh, what else can we kind of apply a, a mindful, thoughtful approach to to uh, to help in the vegan world. So anyway, that uh, that's the inspiration for this episode. It's a really good one. It's in depth. There's there's some nerding out um, more on on Matt's part actually than mine. He's he's much more the expert uh, about the ins and outs of of these things. Uh, and by the way, we should mention that he's he's kind of come on to the Nomad Athlete team as well, which I think people will be will be doing a more formal announcement or some sort of um, I don't know introduction party in some way at some point. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he's he's not part of part of our team here, so we should acknowledge that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, finally, last thing we got, we mentioned Veganuary, which you didn't didn't know about, Doug. I will remind people of that, that I knew a cool thing that you didn't, because <laughs> <laughs> those those opportunities are few and far between for me. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you finally finally got a point there. I got a win there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, um, we decided to make a really you know a lot of people have this this vegan resolution of you know whether it's for Veganuary or not. But a lot of people have made this decision to go plant-based this year or go more plant-based this year or whatever it is. And uh, that's awesome. I I just I hope that that lasts. Of course, I love to see that this movement is growing and that people are doing it. And I, my guess would be that this year is the biggest ever for that type of resolution only because, you know, we've seen what the health had this huge impact last year. And you just with the general trend, you can only imagine that more people than ever are trying it. So anyway, 
Um, what we put together was this really great chance to get compliment for a really, really good price, less than a dollar per day. And if you do it between now and uh, now and Monday, which is what date, Doug? We should have thought of this ahead of time. Monday, January 22nd. 22nd. Um, by the end of the day there, then you also get access to a full year of the uh, Health Made Simple meal plan program, which is Sid Garza-Hillman, friend of the podcast and frequent guest of the podcast, uh, and my meal planning program that we do together where we do some live coaching and have these meal plans in the site already with lots of recipes and all that good stuff. And it's all about simplifying and not trying to have a meal plan where you just get new recipes every single month. Like, you know, there's a hundred new things that you need to learn. Uh, it's much more simple than that. It's about identifying the handful of recipes that will become your staples and uh, and getting good at making them. It's just a little bit of a different approach than the than the kind of brute force meal planning approach where people just send you a billion recipes. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, that uh, a whole year of that is totally free if you uh, sign up for a compliment subscription before the end of the day on Monday, January 22nd. And you can get all the info about that at nomiathlete.com slash veganuary. And that is V-E-G-A-N-U-A. R Y, right? Nice, got it. Like got January, it. but with vegan in front of it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm a daily compliment user. I, don't, I, I assume you know that. I, I didn't know that. Yes, as and am I. Am I, I love it. That's great. I am glad to hear that, Doug. That's that's exactly what we were going for. Yeah. It actually, I mean, this is uh, this is not just. I don't know. This has become actually an important part of, I think, like my contribution to this world. Uh, I really do think like, I, I don't know. I just made a mistake when I went vegan. It took me a long time to start supplementing. In fact, I didn't do it until I started having B12 deficiency symptoms because I believed the stuff. I, I mean, I, I more than believed it. When I heard it'll take several years to develop a, a B12 deficiency, like with as great as I was feeling and people who were saying, oh yeah, plants give you everything you want, everything you need. It was very easy to hear that as I'm never going to develop a B12 deficiency. These people who say you need anything are are just you know naysayers and whatever. Right. Uh, so anyway, that happens a lot. I'm sure it happens a lot to a lot of people with things beyond just B12. And I think the most of these things that happen are longer term problems. And I just I don't know. It hurts. It hurts to think about the idea that like there's this huge push for veganism and plant based diets, uh, and that in 15, 20 years, the people who have stuck with it, if they have stuck with it, uh, and I guess some who who aren't supplementing will have kind of been weeded out by then a few because they will have run into some problems. But it would just be quite a shame if everyone thought we were doing this amazing thing for our health. And then it turns out that most people just, you know, overlooked some of the things they, they needed. And then 15 years from now, we've got some some chronic lasting problems as a result. So yeah. anyway, I, I just consider that part of my mission now to educate people about um, the importance. And uh, I think this episode does a, a very good job of that. So You know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but... Um... My my story with supplements is that I was in the same boat, you know, just thought I'm getting everything I need, don't need to worry about it. You know, I've never really been one to supplement anyway. You you had a little bit of a history of a supplementation, I think, before even going vegan, right? Yes. Um, and I just, you know, just wasn't interested in it at all. But then I was having all these skin problems. Around the same time, I got the poison ivy that spread everywhere. I was just getting all this, all these rashes. I was reacting to a bunch of stuff and... Uh, they thought it might have to do with the fact that my vitamin D was so low. Hmm. And so that's when I started supplementing with vitamin D and then a multivitamin and now with, uh, now with complement and I'm feeling good. Yeah. And th- and that's, I mean, that's a great case in point because, you know, a lot of people think, well, I'm out in the sun, so I don't need vitamin D. And you're someone who's out in the sun as much as anyone or not as anyone, but a lot because you run so much. 
Um, so you would think that if if the sun was all you needed, then then that'd be good. And you know, it it can be all you need, but then it comes with with sun radiation as well, and that's bad for other reasons. So anyway, it's just something to simplify a lot of flies. It's it's B twelve, DHA, EPA, and vitamin D, uh, in D three form. And anyway, that's that is that. Uh, you can check it out, nomi.com slash veganuary, and uh, get a year of health made simple for free with it. Yeah. All right. Well then, Doug, let's get to our episode, but then uh, then stay tuned afterwards or fast forward to the end if you've heard it before, and uh, hear my Matt's upward facing called. dog, sort of upward facing, reversed from downward facing. <laughs> you know, there's up dog as is is opposed to. So. Oh, you know, up dog. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Let's get to the let's get to the to the episode. All right. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier, no Doug Hay today because I am traveling and doing an interview. And I happen to be doing this, Matt Tolman, who is our guest today, uh, from my mom's house in Sarasota, Florida. I'm down here, going to be going on the vegan cruise next week, uh, leaving from Florida, of course. But I'm in Sarasota, and on the rare occasion that I happen to record a podcast from my mom's house, I like to point out that I am now, a, a whatever I am, 36-year-old podcaster, doing it out of my mom's basement this one's not literally my mom's basement but i i did one with doug a while ago i think it was like two three years ago uh, where it was quite literally out of my, mom, my mom's basement so that was a milestone for me anyway uh on a more serious note we are uh today we're talking about nutrient supplements with my friend uh, a guy named matt tolman who uh we've, we've started doing some work together had a, just connected really well over dinner uh talking about a book that matt is writing and is coming out later this year uh, about the plant-based diet, and I found myself particularly inspired, uh, basically, Matt, I, I may as well talk to you, you're here, um, <laughs> by your entrepreneurial background and way of thinking, and uh, and particularly your big your big grand vision of, of having a third of the population, essentially, be uh, be plant-based by the year 2030. So that is that is not a small goal, not a small vision. And, it's modest. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, I really like that. So it, it's that has kind of, that jump-started our our conversations and we've talked for many hours since then and uh you know we we see eye to eye i think we both have kind of an eye for practicality and uh and just simplifying stuff that that i think is overly complicated uh a good example of which is stuff like nutrients and supplementation so that's what we figured this episode would be a good one just diving into uh just kind of all the common things that you hear either recommended or debated uh, as to whether or not people who eat plant-based diets should supplement with them or should you consider it. Uh, and to kind of simplify with simplify it because a lot of that stuff is like, yes, no doubt about it, this is complicated stuff, but a lot of it has sort of a really uh, simple, easy-to-remember punchline. And I think that's what I really want to get across here is that like you can, you can co- hopefully come away from this uh, knowing, you know, six, seven, eight things that you, you really should think about supplementing and uh, and have a have a just a general understanding that will let you make a decision about whether or not you should. Is that fair enough, Matt? Yeah, sounds great. And <laughs> thanks so much for having me, Matt. Uh, I'm actually speaking to you from Mexico, so I apologize to you in the audience if you hear birds or fireworks or mariachi <laughs> bands, all of which I have heard in the last thirty minutes. So I'm not. <laughs> stereotyping here that just might happen so i apologize in advance um just, no, just to be clear that you're not stereotyping I mean, you're there for a family wedding right 
Yes, yeah. My uh, my wife is Mexican, and we are here for her. Uh, my brother in law is getting married on Saturday, so very exciting times. Very nice. Feliz, uh, feliz. Yeah. What, what do they say for that? Is there a is there a happy wedding day, Mexican thing, uh, Spanish I thing? Probably just felicidades. You okay, know, it's kind go. of a universal congratulations. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, and thank you for making me look good because I I, I struggle along with my Spanish, but now all of the uh, listeners are going to think that I'm fluent. So. <laughs> Let's just not go into any more detail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so let's let's I guess get down to business here. Um, Matt, why don't you start by just kind of introducing yourself? Let let the audience know your story and uh, and where this where this conversation and where our relationship kind of how it how how this stuff where this stuff stems from. Sure. Um, well, you, you mentioned my uh, my mission to Mars, which is I'd like to see you know a, a third of the population go to a. a plant-based diet by 2030. Um, you know, I, I think of it as 30 by 30, you know, 30% 30 of, of people. Um, and, and that's really all about um, ending preventable diseases. You know, so many of our chronic and degenerative diseases are um, driven by lifestyle and, and obviously dietary choices. So um, I, I think it's a very attainable goal. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's up against a massive and entrenched bureaucracies and, and cultural forces and, and needless to say, big commercial interests as well. So got a lot of work ahead of me, but um, that's something that I'm excited to, to work with you on. And, uh, you know, and I do think it's attainable. I think we're, we're quickly approaching a tipping point, um, you know, where medical doctors and research clinicians have amassed, you know, all of this evidence about the plant-based nutritional powers um, that, that can prevent and treat and even reverse chronic diseases. Um, you know, at the same time, the scientific community has, you know, provided this really compelling data on, on why a plant-based diet is the most environmentally friendly way of, uh, of eating um, and probably the only sustainable way to feed a, a growing global population. Um, you know, and on top of that, I, I think an awareness of the atrocities inherent in you know, industrial scale animal agriculture and, you know, these CAFOs, um, that's driving more and more people to reject the status quo. So, you know, as a result of these combined forces, you know, I, I very much see, you know, more and more of the population moving towards this kind of more conscious way of living. Um, you know, and that's why we see our, our ranks growing exponentially every year and, and the just proliferation of food products and, and everything else around the, the kind of plant-based or, or vegan movement. So, you know, now I'm focused on figuring out ways to expedite that process, whether they be through uh, commercial or, or political activities. Um, my background, to, to go a little bit further back, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a social scientist by training, but a, an entrepreneur in practice. And my last venture was in the education technology space. Um, I exited that business two years ago and, and, uh, found myself kind of serendipitously within that week, actually uh, supporting a loved one uh, in a hospital. It was uh, supposed to be a routine surgery, and I planned on only being there for the day, but uh, ended up staying for a whole month and, and literally slept in two chairs pushed together. Um, and uh, sadly, at the end of the month, um, he passed away, and uh, the experience was life-changing, and it was transformational for a number of reasons, but in particular, uh, what was eye-opening was his death certificate said malnutrition. Um, and, and that was just earth-shattering to me because we're talking about someone who, you know, their nutrition was 
prescribed and and dosed, you know, administered by these health professionals for the entire month leading up until his death. Um, and I just couldn't wrap my head around that, you know. Um, and it was worse than just hospital food, but just kind of the whole um, sort of systemic disregard for nutrition as a really powerful tool in medicine. Um, and I was able to juxtapose that with uh, an experience that um, I, I sort of shared with my uncle who uh, battled cancer with a totally raw vegan diet. You know, it was one of those heartbreaking stories where he went into his doctor and complained of back pain and then vision problems. And it just went undiagnosed for more than a year. And then when he finally figured out what was going on, he had tumors all up and down his, his spinal column and in his brain. And um, they gave him a two-week prognosis. You know, it was one of those death sentences where they say, get your affairs in order. Um, and him and his wife totally rejected it and uh, searched out alternative ways to fight cancer. Um, and they were very successful doing so. He uh, lived another six or nine months. I, I can't recall the exact number, but the point was that they saw actual regression in the tumors um, based solely on you know detoxing his body and and doing a lot of juicing and going to like I said just a raw totally plant based whole foods diet, um, one that you and I obviously probably advocate for. And, uh, and it was just transformational. Um, unfortunately, he, uh, he succumbed to chemotherapy. Uh, he was convinced by his doctor that they should give cancer the double whammy and, and do both the dietary intervention as well as chemo. Um, and within the first dose of chemo, within the first week, I should say, he fell into a coma and passed away shortly after. Um, and again, you know, going back to that juxtaposition of experiences, you know, I saw the power of how uh, whole foods are able to to heal and even you know cure cancer, and I also saw how if you take away those whole you know largely plant based foods, um, you can see a rapid decline in the physical condition, and so that that propelled me into about uh, two years of full time research. Um, I digested probably two hundred books and uh, twice as many peer reviewed articles and. At some point, I just realized, you know, I've, I've got to put all this into a book because I felt this overwhelming um, responsibility to share that information and, and convince my friends and family. And I figured the only way that I'd be able to do that is if I could put together a coherent uh, argument. And, uh, and that's the logic behind the book. So that's more than you want to know about me, but that's how we got here and, uh, and why I'm so passionate about uh, this movement. Yeah, so I think uh, we probably should clear up when, when you talk about the book and that you're trying to, to convince people with your book uh, or convert people that it's it's not and I know cancer is is kind of the, the part of that story, but that's not that's not what you're saying. Right? That's not uh, what you're trying to convince people of that this is the way to cure cancer or prevent cancer. Uh, as much as the much much bigger picture uh, that that this is sort of the the path to I guess the maybe the the foundation of a of a healthy life that that a plant based diet is a part of that is that is that accurate like that's kind of what you're you're more about yeah. spreading that message definitely you know um there there's <laughs> um it is 100 percent not a, a evangelical kind of um argument uh it, it's really just that um you know it's looking at the history of food really and saying that you know we've entirely transformed how we've eaten in the last hundred years um but our genes are exactly the same you know um, and similarly, you know, when I say we've transformed the way we've eaten, 
you know, the amount, the type, the, the composition of food products and especially animal products, you know, um, how much refined and processed foods, you know, the sugar content. I mean, there's no shortage of issue. And, and uh, to me, the real solution is, you know, just rejecting all of that kind of invention or, you know, man-made food products and going back to, you know, what is natural. And, uh, you know, but, but like I said, it's, 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 Less so, you know, that we can cure cancer, you know, or do any of these kind of um, lofty goals, which which I do believe there's an absolute role there. Um, and more so just getting people to think about food and lifestyle choices in, in a more thoughtful way. You know, I think we often take for granted um, uh, how how little we know or, or how much we think we know about nutrition and, and uh, what a healthy lifestyle looks like. Um, and so people just kind of go with the status quo and I'm really just trying to kind of shake them to wake up and pay attention to, you know, this budding um, uh, scientific community that all coalesces around these, you know, uh, finite set of, set of ideas that advocate for, um, you know, a, a dietary pattern that's rich in you know, whole plant-based foods. All right, good. So, so that story you know, leaves off with you consuming all this, this science and books about diet. And, and that's what led to your decision. Is that right to become, to start eating this way? Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, everything was going awesome. Um, first of all, how long, how long ago was this? Just out of curiosity. It's about, uh, little, little over two years now. Okay. Um, and, uh, and by the way, I didn't take this transformation lightly. You know, when I first stumbled upon, you know, I think the first book I read was the China study and, uh, you know, I called up my wife and I said, you know, uh, stop eating everything. You know, we will selectively add back in, you know, whitelisted items. But for now, like, let's stick to water because it's the only thing I can trust, which, you know, it's a little bit hyperbolic. And I don't think I said that exactly. But um, that, that was, you know, kind of the, the drastic nature of the change that I made. And, uh, and in doing so, you know, I, I've done monthly blood draws ever since, you know, I've I've done consultations um, and other medical tests, you know, with cardiologists, nutritionists, uh, a family doctor. Just I, I tend to go overboard on all things. Um, and and the first couple of years were awesome. You know, I, I saw improvements in you know every biomarker that we measured. You know, I lost like 40 pounds of excess weight, and that was by no means a goal. Um, and uh, and, you know, I, I had more energy than I ever had, which, you know, is, is by far the most important thing. You know, I just feel better, um, which actually <laughs> dovetails nicely into the conversation we're going to have today, because um, even though I was feeling so much better and, and uh, I, I was um, looking better in some ways, uh, at some point, I think about, I don't know, 18 you know, maybe 20 months into the process, um, I, I got a really concerning blood test back, which, you know, just showed really high levels of inflammation. And, uh, and I couldn't wrap my head around it. You know, I, I was doing everything that the plant-based luminaries suggested, you know, I, literally eating pounds of raw vegetables a day. Um, and yet I was really high, you know, levels of, of inflammation. So that led me to kind of do an even deeper dive into specific nutrients and their role in our body and, and how important it is for, um, you know, plant-based vegans to complement their diet. Um, I like the idea of complementing as opposed to supplementing because I'm not adding in a bunch of the nutrients that already come from plants. I'm, I'm complementing all of the nutrients that come from plants with the nutrients that 
don't necessarily come from plants or, or aren't necessarily readily absorbed in their plant form. So um, that's, I think, what we're, we're talking about today. Yeah, and I think uh, I should also clarify, you, you said the words uh, plant-based vegan, which uh, actually isn't being redundant. I think what's important to understand there is that when you talk about plant-based, and this is, I think this is kind of becoming more commonplace, and I'm, I'm glad because it, for a while there's been a lot of ambiguity, and there still is, but uh, plant-based these days, and the way you're using it, refers to someone who's basically eating this way for their health, and they're doing so... Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter whether or not they have an ethical or environmental motivation to eat this way, but they're just eating this way with with health kind of, you know, in the forefront. They're choosing foods that are whole and unprocessed for the most part. Um, so, and and when I think of a vegan, that could be someone. You know, there are plenty of unhealthy vegans. There are plenty of healthy vegans. It just doesn't really say anything about the types of vegan food that you eat. Whereas plant based seems to imply uh, more natural, more whole. So, wanted to make that distinct distinction. So I think that's a great uh, clarification, Matt. And um, you know, I always describe it as you know, vegan to me is restrictive. It, it it is the you know absence of animal products in the diet, whereas plant based is a more affirmative goal in that I'm I'm trying to intake as many nutrient dense foods as possible, right? Um, and they're they're two sides of the same coin in in many ways. Um, but like you said, it's it's a, it's an important distinction that I'm glad you point out. Um, so in any event, that's, you know, like I said, the blood test is where I uh, kind of had this awakening that um, as much as I believe in the power of plants, um, not all nutrients come from plants. And, uh, and so, like I said, I kind of did a, a deep dive into understanding some of the nutrients that come from, you know, uh, bacteria or, or algae or the earth's surface or the sun's rays and so anyway, I think that's a good place for us to uh, to kick off our discussion of supplements. Yeah, let's do that because uh, because there is so much controversy about what we need and don't need. Uh, it's very hard to know who to trust, and I'm not going to pretend that just because we're saying it, therefore you should trust us. Uh, but I, I just the conversations we've had over the past few months uh, about this just to me have, have, as I said, driven home this point that like it's not it doesn't have to be that complicated, and I think we can give people a lot of. Uh, takeaways here so let's do that can you can you give first an overview of of what uh you know what will be what specific nutrients are at least worth discussing and then uh we'll just jump off from there well first before we get into you know the particular uh nutrients that that might be missing from a typical plant-based diet um let me put in a, a huge caveat which is you know we should all strive to get the vast majority of our of our nutrients from whole plants, right? I think we all agree on that, um, except in very rare cases where uh, particular diseases need supplementation. You know, I think uh, we can all agree that there are just thousands of phytonutrients that have these synergistic effects on our body. And, uh, you know, eating them in whole form, you know, in the, in the natural context uh, in which those nutrients um, are created, uh, is just a better thing for your body. So, that being said, um, uh, there are seven uh, nutrients that are kind of typically talked about, some controversy around in terms of um, what plant-based vegans may be uh, more likely to, to develop deficiency in, um, and that is uh, B12, vitamin D, uh, two omega-3s, which are DHA and EPA, uh, iodine, selenium, zinc, and uh, K2. So, uh, without further ado, I guess let's let's dive into the most commonly discussed one, which is B12. Um, 
you know, I, I think, Matt, most people are, are familiar. This comes from soil bacteria. And uh, as a result, you know, unless you're eating soil, which I do not recommend, um, you're, you're not getting B12, right? And, uh, you know, especially given how modern agriculture and, and other human behaviors have just decimated these uh, soil bacterial colonies, um, you know, the, the amount of B12 that is on any given plant is, is going to be reduced. But on top of that, you know, in our super sanitized world, we, we thoroughly wash food. Um, and that just further reduces the chances that you're getting any amount of, of B12 through natural sources. So, yeah, um, I mean, you know, that's, that's a huge but, one. I, like that, that is the most obvious, the most clear. We need B12. Uh, and yet still there are there are people out there who and I'm not trying to vilify them or anything that we're kind of a lot of us are on the same side uh, but who are really reluctant to take that right they don't want to take any supplement and I think I think a large part of that is uh, basically to prove that that you can eat in in this way and you know eat a plant-based diet a vegan diet uh, and that you don't need supplements with it so I think I mean I just hope we're at we're at the point where we can kind of get past that when we can get past the point of of Avoiding supplementing because as if somehow it is wrong to take a B12 supplement because that's that's admitting that your diet is bad. Um, I, I just think there's so much evidence out there in this plant. Like this plant-based diet is not a niche little thing anymore. It's a, it's a real thing and there's so much good evidence for why it works really well even if you have to take a B12 supplement. So I'm just putting okay. that in there because it does – it's a common thing. I know there are people out there who, who you know still think just by eating their dirty produce that they're going to get the B12 they need. And you know who knows? Maybe they will. But I think the harm is is more than the than the good when when you know both of us Matt want vegans to thrive and do well uh, and to be really healthy good examples of how well this diet works. So uh, I you know I just uh, I just am trying to get people to move past that idea of of you know defending their diet by not eating B twelve not taking a B twelve supplement. No, I I couldn't agree more. And look, I I'm you know I'm a purist in the sense that like I, I really dislike pills um, and and the idea of supplementation. And you know I, I try to rely on nutritional yeast um, because that's a great source of B12. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more that you know we we do as a kind of community need to move past that because at the end of the day, you know it, it's just not good for our brand to have you know sick and feeble plant-based vegans walking around because they refuse to supplement with you know, what are vital nutrients to a thriving body, um, you know, and, and so I, I totally agree with you in that way. Yeah. And just to clarify, you mentioned uh, nutritional yeast. I don't want someone to hear that and say, oh, okay, well, so there actually is a good plant-based or, or plant source of B12. It's nutritional yeast. Uh, nutritional yeast is fortified with B12. So it's right, a lot right. of people get that as a as their source and then they don't need to take a pill. Uh, but someone who takes that regularly or eats, eats nutritional yeast regularly is in effect supplementing. Uh, it's just in a form that, that looks a lot like food. Right, which is you know why 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 I say I, I don't like the notion of supplementing, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not you're not adding to you know the nutrients you get from a, a plant based diet. I mean, uh, of course you are in a sense, um, but it's not about adding more to that group of plant based nutrients. You're you're complementing it because you're adding in what doesn't necessarily uh, exist in those plants, right? And and there are a bunch of great brands out there now. Um, uh, shoot, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but, you know, the, these kinds of uh, peanut butters that are infused with uh, flax seeds and some omegas and, and B12, right? So there's lots of ways that you can um, I- increase your uh, intake of this nutrient, um, and you, you got to do it, you know, whatever the form it is. 
Yeah, and uh, the other recommendation I have is like that's cool. I think that that we're coming out with these alternative ways to take a B twelve supplement, basically. Um, just I I've never really done that because I can't reliably do it. You know, like if if you take that like it's your supplement, then good. I I've never been able to make it work where I say, okay, well I'll just get my B twelve from nutritional yeast because I know I eat that every now and then. Like I I like I'm someone who likes to say like okay at right before bed I take my supplement or whatever time it might be. Um, that's when I'm taking my supplement. So if you're going to do the peanut butter thing, peanut butter cup thing, just make sure you have a daily way to make that like a thing that happens or, or weekly or whatever they say you should do it. But, uh, I think it's a little bit dangerous to say like, well, I'll just, I'll just do this occasionally when I think of it, because that's how I got my B12. Yeah. Great point. Um, go ahead. No, not at all. Um, I, I, let's let's move on to the omegas. Um, slightly more complicated, <laughs> but you know, uh, omega three fatty acids play a, a role in every cell of the body. You know, it, it makes up cell membranes. It keeps your nervous system functioning. It, it keeps your cholesterol in check. Uh, staves off inflammation. I mean, there's just there's so many benefits associated with omega threes that you know we could spend hours just on that. And and I think <laughs> getting too much into any of those would would just be totally inadequate. So let's just leave it at the fact that like you absolutely need omega threes. Um, and what 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 gets complicating is that we can technically synthesize these nutrients. Um, you know, the human body is capable of producing all the fatty acids it needs, except for two, um, which are you know linoleic acid and alpha linoleic acid. Um, one's uh, the former is an omega six, the latter is an omega three. And, uh, and from them, we can actually create um, EPA and DHA, which are the, the subject of my recommendation. Um, the challenge is, is that our, our body is really bad in terms of efficiency of uh, converting from the omega-6s to these omega-3s. Um, and it even depends on the ratio um, with which you ingest omega-6s and omega-3s. So, but you, oh, just uh, to clarify again, just because I yeah. know this, this, I don't want to confuse people. Um, ALA, which you mentioned, is an omega three, right? Yes. Yes. So it's not just it's not just sixes to threes. It's it's even converting ALA to DHA or EPA. One one form of omega three into these other forms. Right. Exactly. It's it's omega six. Thanks for clarifying. It's omega six that acts as a blocking agent, effectively. Right. So if you eat, I mean, for instance, like. Um, Walnuts, right? Walnuts have uh, five times the amount of omega-6 as they do omega-3s. So because omega-6 inhibits the conversion of omega-3 to DHA and EPA, you know, walnut, walnuts are, are a great food for so many reasons. And, and you're going to get a little DHA and EPA from them, but, but it's not going to be sufficient because, you know, you have this kind of deluge of omega-6 blocking that conversion. So I don't want to make it too complicated. <laughs> you know, the point is that I, I also don't want to be intellectually dishonest and say like you absolutely need these, uh, these two nutri- nutrients from a, a, an exogenous source. Um, the point is, is simply that you know, it can be converted, um, you know, but it converts at like a, a 2 to 10% kind of uh, factor. So you would need to eat like 10 to 50 times the amount of ALA just to get, you know, the, the bare minimum for EPA and DHA. And if you're looking to thrive, you know, that, that's not a really good bet, right? Yeah. So I, this is a really important thing. Uh, and at the risk of, of just hammering home a point that maybe 70% of the audience already gets, uh, I don't want the rest of the audience to think, 
okay, I'm getting my omega-3s because I'm eating walnuts and flax seeds, right? So that it's very easy to do that. And I did that when I was, you know, first, I don't know, a few months of after being vegetarian, so did I. right? <laughs> I, probably everyone does. We think omega-3s, I'm going to go get omega-3s from this omega-3 source, but that's giving you ALA. And as you mentioned, the DHA and EPA, most people aren't very good at converting the ALA into that. Now, there are some people who can do it. And I think you can figure that out with a blood test, uh, <laughs> who can do it effectively, I should say. Um, but the fact is most people from a plant-based diet are not converting enough ALA uh, into DHA and EPA. Is that, is that accurate, Matt? Right. Yeah. Good okay. summary. You know, and, and I guess just to, to add to that, right, if you're looking for ALAs, which are also really critical uh, nutrients for so many reasons, um, you know, you, you can get them in flax, chia, you know, soybeans, hemp seeds, walnuts, like I mentioned, Um you know, the, the critical thing to remember with flax and chia seeds is that our digestive system can't actually break down those seeds. So you have to crush them um, or grind them or chew them, right? But um, just something to, to keep in mind because they'll just pass straight through your GI tract. Um, and, and I guess so to, to get back to the point, right, um, in terms of plant-based sources of DHA and EPA, um, it's pretty much just microalgae and seaweed, right? Um, and so you might ask, well, how's an omnivore, you know, consuming it? It's because fish eat the microalgae and then that's deposited in the, you know, oily, fatty part of their body, um, which is obviously why, you know, people supplement with, you know, fish oils for their omega-3s. Um, but then humans also eat the fish or the, the fish are used in uh, feedstock for, for other animals and then we eat those animals. So unless you're consuming a ton of microalgae and seaweed directly, um, there's just not going to be a, uh, a plant-based source in your diet. Um, again, this is where the distinction comes in from uh, uh, with certain Asian populations that are eating a ton of seaweed. But uh, even still, it's a very low concentration because of the extremely low fat content um, except for DHA rich microalgae. But again, your, your best bet, I guess, to, to kind of summarize this kind of complicated top, uh, topic is that y you need to supplement with a, a microalgae derived DHA or EPA supplement. It's just, you know, kind of one of those things like B12, you're, you're just not going to accomplish it through natural plant-based sources. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Next one. Yeah. Moving on from that one, right? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, let's go to vitamin D, right? Another, you know, just doesn't exist in plants. Um, and that's because we get it uh, from the sun, right? And uh, for anyone who's not aware, vitamin D might, you know, it is just an absolutely critical nutrient. I mean, it's linked to heart disease, you know, bone health, muscle health, um, you know, even the latest studies have, have been tying it to cancer and, you know, obviously your immune function. So uh, vitamin D is, is critical. And, um, this one, I guess, is controversial because it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, your your dietary intake in many ways. Although so many, you know, milks and other animal products are supplemented with vitamin D, I think that's why it often comes up in terms of, you know, plant-based and vegan populations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my take on the on the situation is that, you know, if, if you're living north of the line connecting San Francisco and and Philadelphia. Um, you're probably not getting enough vitamin D. And uh, same goes for if you're not getting outside and having a 15-minute daily walk in the sun, you're probably not getting vitamin D. And I think I just saw the latest statistics saying 95% of uh, Americans are, are deficient in D. 
you know, and that's because we wear clothes and, you know, we work in office buildings and like, we're just not out in the sun enough for our body to synthesize all that we need. So, um, you know, really easy point. You probably need to supplement with vitamin D. Um, you know, by the way, interesting fact, um, 30 minutes in the sun leads to you know, blood serum levels that are comparable to 10,000 IU of vitamin D. So, I mean, you you just create so much really quickly through sun exposure. Um, you know, I, I guess the sen- second fun factoid would be that uh, because that vitamin D is actually synthesized and sits on top of your skin, um, if you're deficient in D, it might be a good excuse for you not to shower because showering actually just rinses all the D off of your skin and you can't get that reabsorption. So, hmm. I don't know. My wife didn't like when I found that out, honestly. <laughs> It led to some experimentation that was less than uh, ideal for our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. But the fact, so D, I think I'm, I've been happy to see. It seems that it's almost like the new B12, not that it's replacing B12, but it's like, it's this other one, this other vitamin that has sort of come into the light as a as common knowledge among plant-based dieters that uh, it's it's worth supplementing along with your, your B12, more so than DHA EPA, which I think is also very important. But um, yeah, so it, it's good news, I think, that, that this is happening. Also, though, again, easy to just assume that because we get it from the sun, you don't need to supplement with it or because whatever you go outside right. or because you're a runner or whatever, you don't need to supplement. So I just I don't know that it's that easy to say that I'd, I'd, I'd rather supplement. and I do supplement with it. Um, but I think it's, that's an interesting point. And, and I think something our friend Sid Garza Hillman, he has done some lengthy experiments with not showering at all. And uh, he, I don't think it was for because of vitamin D, but I think, I, but it did, it did come back to a basically like the idea that it's perhaps not natural to rinse yourself off under hot water with soap and shampoo every single day. Like it's just not something that has probably happened a whole lot during the course of our, our evolution with the exception of the last 50 to a hundred years. Uh, so, you know, like that, that would partly explain why nowadays with modern lifestyle, not just working in an office building, um, but but also taking showers, right? That that it's there becomes this need to supplement again, right? And uh, you know, by the way, I don't want to go too far off field, but a lot of my research into the 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 microbiome, you know, all the bacteria that makes up what a, a human body is, um, has led to similar experience with like soap and whatnot. And I, I totally agree with Sid. You know, I think it's absolutely unnatural and. Uh, yeah, I won't go into the details again for fear my wife will be just mortified <laughs> when she lives listens to this. But, uh, but yeah, I agree with it. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> okay. And to your other point, you know, uh, again, like uh, I, I don't think this is about vegans versus omnivores. You know, th- this is just a reality. You know, and if you have any question, just you know, go get a, a blood test and find out what your serum D levels are. Yep. Um, which actually is a good segue into zinc because um, that's another kind of controversial one that is probably easiest uh, answered by you know looking for the symptoms and uh, and consulting your doctor and maybe doing some tests. But um, let, let me back up and say zinc, you know, it, it, it's responsible. I think it's something like a, a hundred different enzymes um, are, are stimulated based on you know zinc in your body. So 
you know, everything from regulating immune function, which is obviously why it's often recommended for helping cut the duration of the common cold, um, to, you know, the way, you know, re regulating how neurons communicate with one another and, and therefore how m memories are formed and how we learn. Like, it, it's just it's just incredibly important to get adequate zinc. Um, the reason why it's controversial is because there are a ton of plant-based sources, you know, from tofu, tempeh, you know, legumes, grains, nuts, seeds, and obviously there are fortified products as well. Um, you know, those are all great and really varied sources of zinc. The issue is that um, a lot of those come with phytates, you know, and those can reduce the absorption. Um, I've seen some research that suggests that uh, it reduces zinc absorption as much as 50%. So it's like you have to eat twice as much as, as you want to um, in order to ensure you're getting an adequate zinc um, intake. Uh, I, I will just share for the audience that uh, at least in terms of kind of population-wide studies, the last one I, I looked at was a 2013 meta-analysis that showed vegans actually have only slightly lower serum zinc level than non-vegetarians. Um, and that was even more so the case, uh, meaning that the difference was even smaller in developed countries. So uh, there's some evidence that zinc might not be as critical for plant-based vegans to supplement with. Um, that said, again, you know, the easiest way to figure that out is just go get a blood test, you know, look for some of these symptoms um, and see for yourself. Okay, good. So, I mean, I think B12D and DHA EPA, D might be a slight exception. Um, you know, it, it's it's pretty clear that most people should be supplementing with those things. Zinc, one that is less clear and more more maybe. you know, might be a good idea for a lot of people. But again, I, I just think I'm a huge proponent of self-experimentation. So I always... Um, speaking of complexity, <laughs> uh, let's go to K2 real quick. helps move calcium into the proper places in your body, like your bones and your teeth. Um, and it helps remove calcium from the areas that it shouldn't be, like your arteries and your soft tissues. So um, strong bones. Um, and it's also been uh, associated with cancer protection. In fact, I just saw and look and it's like it's it's widely available in um, so many leafy green vegetables
All right. Um, we're, we're, we're simple. It's simple from here on out, I promise, right? <laughs> Good. Um, Um, yeah, so I think we, we, you know, whether you're supplementing from iodized salts, um,
it is, defends against free radical damage and inflammation. Um, you know, it even plays a role in, in uh, maintaining a healthy metabolism. So selenium is really important. Um, I, I think that, you know, based on the plant sources that provide selenium and there's no kind of blockage issue as you might find with like zinc, um, there's no reason to supplement with selenium. You know, uh, Brazil nuts, you know, if you ever listen to Michael Greger on this topic, you know, he says pop one of those a day. Um, I guess that, that's kind of <laughs> similar to sort of a supplementing uh, um, process, but, you it know, is, Brazil but it's nuts all food, right? Packs. Yeah. Right, exactly, you know. Um, and, and same with shiitake and you know, even white button mushrooms. I've actually I made a list here. Uh, lima and pinto beans, chia seeds, brown rice, uh, sunflower, sesame, and flax seeds, broccoli, cabbage, and spinach. All of them have selenium. And if you want to make sure that you're getting uh, your, your daily allowance, uh, just pop that Brazil nut. Um, so I guess yeah, – uh, well, Sorry to interrupt, uh, Matt. Do you think that's enough? Because this is kind of like uh, the the nutritional yeast issue again, right? Like people can say, And I, I think I think the way that that uh, is is a nice middle ground is treating the food like a supplement, which we kind of said like it's it almost seems like that's a bad thing, but you're still getting it from a whole food source. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that's way more reliable than saying, well, I eat a lot of brown rice and I eat some cabbage and, and pinto beans, so I'm pretty sure I'll get what I need. So I I like that middle ground a little bit better, where you treat the food like a supplement and make sure you get it. Right. And look, I mean, there, there are <laughs> thousands of phytochemicals, you know, 
one of the biggest ones was was kind of just turning a blind eye to this and and just it was it's so easy to fall into that trap where you feel great because you're eating all these plant foods and you feel high energy like you said like you everything was great until you went to the doctor and realized that that something was off and i think a lot of these While, but if you go several years deficient in some of these things, I mean, I feel like you're you're kind of a lot of these problems are are more chronic or longer term in nature that that they'll show up later and and at the cost of longevity or quality of life later on. So one of my regrets is that I I wasn't mindful of this stuff in the early days, uh, and I went a, a long time without even supplementing with B12, and then I I actually started to have some of the symptoms of B12 deficiency. Never never was diagnosed as that being a problem, but kind of fixed it myself. And, uh, and those symptoms went away. But then it took another, I don't know, year or two before I started thinking about D and DHA, EPA, and then another year after that before I started thinking about the other ones. So, uh, you know, i just putting that out there as a, as a reminder that, that just be mindful about this. I'm not saying you need to take all this stuff, but be mindful. Just don't, don't fall into like the, oh, I feel great, so therefore everything is good. Uh, because, like I said, it, it's quite possible that, that a deficiency is or will show up uh, you know, slowly, subtly, without you really noticing, and right. uh, and that's not a good thing. No, I think that's a that's a great ending note. And like I said, or, or like I shared in the in the start of this conversation, you know, um, there there's just no way of knowing a lot of this stuff, you know, and it manifests, you know, way later in life with these you know kind of chronic conditions because you know you had some strange deficiency that you're just not paying attention to and impossible to naturally detect. So. Um, I guess just to summarize, I think where we came out is uh, K2, uh, omegas, in particular DHA and EPA, iodine, B12, vitamin D. You know, those are the supplements I take, um, along with zinc. But that's one that you know is kind of a you probably need it, not necessarily. So look out for some of the warning signs and maybe consult a, a licensed healthcare professional. Um, and then selenium, you know, it's it's probably unnecessary to supplement and in some sort of isolated form, but, you know, treat it as a supplement and be really conscientious about um, making sure you get the adequate intake on a, on a daily basis. Good. Okay. Well, perfect place to leave off. And uh, I hope people have enjoyed this episode. I know it's a little bit more, more intense, perhaps, uh, chock <laughs> full of, of information. Hopefully the fun facts serve to keep it light. Um, or, or Remember, you don't need to shower. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the takeaway. That's the big takeaway. Yep, you don't need to shower. And... Sid is celebrating somewhere. <laughs> That's right. All right, good. Well, Matt, thank you for your time. I uh, hope people have enjoyed getting to know you, and uh, surely we'll have you back on sometime as you and I work together more and, and uh, you know, uh, I guess deepen our relationship. Great. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Matt. All right. Thanks a lot. See you later. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was Matt Tolman, co-founder with me of the company called Light Drop that makes compliment. And uh, again, nomadathlete.com slash veganuary is where you go to get that great deal with compliment and health made simple. Uh, but I've got my, uh, my, my much hyped up up dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, Upward facing Matt, let's hear it. I, yes. I'm excited for this. You know, I know that I know kind of what the subject matter is, which uh, was that epic soccer game that you had talked about going to in spain before you even left right i I think 
I don't remember exactly because I went through several phases with this, but I think when we mentioned it on the podcast, it was that it was a shame that, so the team that my son likes, and I like too, is Real Madrid. They're like the, uh, you know, they're the Spanish New York Yankees, basically. They're just the big team that buys all the good players and wins all the championships. Mm -hmm. But it's fun to support them when you're not actually in the country because then it's just, you know, it's it's why all the foreigners like, uh, like the New York Yankees. Is that fair to say, Doug? I Can I so. generalize foreigners yeah. that way? Sure. Okay. So that's... Uh, <laughs> I guess it's okay. That's, that's the fact story. Um, <laughs> and I was so excited we were going to get to see them play. This really great team. And then it turned out that the two weeks we were there, one of the weeks is off for Christmas time. They just The whole league takes off. The other week, the Real Madrid was hosting FC Barcelona, which is like the other giant team in Spain and also in Europe. I mean, Real Madrid and Barcelona are two of the... the you know, most prominent teams in Europe. So it turns out they're playing each other. It's called this game. It's called El Clasico, and they do it twice a year. And I looked at tickets a couple months ahead of time, thinking, okay, we'll get them early. And it was five hundred dollars per ticket on Ooh. any any ticket place I could find. Yeah, or five hundred euro. Even. It was more than that. So, you know, I kept sort of fantasizing about it, thinking, like, okay, how how can we do this? Is there any way I could justify spending a thousand dollars for me and him to go? And the answer was no. There's no way I could do it. I was thinking, like, combine it with my birthday presents or whatever. Just ultimately decided, no, cannot be that frivolous. And uh, it turned out when I got to Spain, I started Googling on the team website, and I found, started getting tickets. Like, actually, it was hard. There weren't that many. But if I would just keep refreshing the page and randomly, you know, get the right seats to be available, I could actually get two seats, and I'd have them, and I'd type in my credit card info, and then it would say, no good. And this was for, like, 95 euro tickets. So it was a great, I thought it was a great score that I was ready to make, and that my son was just going to love this. Couldn't get it to work. Ended up thinking that it was had to do with my computer's uh, VPN, so I like changed the IP address with this software thing that I had, <laughs> and it took this long walk to get to a Starbucks so that I could be on their IP address. Tried every single possible credit card and check card I had, all of them rejected. Uh, only after you know many many hours of this in Spain, wasting my vacation, did I come across a, a, a I don't know it was on Reddit or something. Someone had posted that it turns out this team just they do not accept U.S. credit cards on their site. So oh. all that was for naught. So it was all because of your credit card. It was just that it was from U.S., yeah. So yeah. next time I will buy some sort of Spanish Visa gift card or something and try that. But anyway, so I, I you know, still very disappointed. Now I'd sunk all these hours into this and thought I was going to get it. You know, when I got that checkout page up, I was like, oh, my gosh, we did it. And uh, only for more disappointment. So I started Googling around the sites, the the ticket resellers, the stub hubs and all that, and found them, and they were not nearly as cheap, but the prices kept coming down, approaching game day. Finally, midnight or so before the game, uh, I got two tickets. I think I paid I paid a good amount for them, 120 euro each or something. But I, I said, this is my birthday presents as well, because my birthday present was that, uh, that what, three days later. And I said, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. We'll remember it forever. And we got there, and I have this. I had this concern, because when I was a kid, my dad and I would go buy tickets from scalpers at, at uh, big baseball games. Mm-hmm. Like we'd go, just, just not to resell, but to go get into the game, just like right. I was trying to do with my son here. And once, when the Orioles were playing the Yankees in the playoffs, we got what we thought were great tickets and turned out when we got to our seats inside the stadium, this was before the technology sort of stuff took over, uh, there were like 12 people standing around our seat who all said it was their seat. <laughs> so, so somebody had made, and, and the ushers were throwing anybody out who was in that group. So we saw that group and turned around, around immediately and then just walked around seatless for the whole rest of the game. <laughs> well, so was good quick thinking on your dad's part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it was. And, I, and it's a good memory. I mean, it's a weird memory, but a good one. We got to go to an Orioles playoff game, which they lost, but that's okay. 
but anyway, so, back so, to the back to the yes. soccer game. So, <laughs> but so I had this healthy bit of of uh, I don't know what paranoia that something was going to go wrong. We wouldn't get in. And it turned out when we got there, it was crowded. There was security checkpoints, and we couldn't even get through the security checkpoint with these tickets. I showed him the tickets on my phone, and he said, "Nope, these are fake. You can't, you can't do this. They're they're totally fake tickets." So now we we'd taken this train to get to this game. All this hype, I had given it to him in grand fashion, you know. And now, <laughs> and now we were turned away at the door, sent to like the place where you go if you have a internet and phone ticket problem so we went in that line talked to the guy who was grumpy and just said oh no we don't StubHub is not supported by us it's different uh you know we can't help you they're they're just no good uh 